Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got a real treat today for Song of the Soul. We're headed just over the border from my Wisconsin home to visit with a Minnesota singer-songwriter by the name of Peter Mayer. Actually, it doesn't do Peter full justice to only call him a singer-songwriter. Other terms that spring to mind for me are storyteller, dreamweaver, and earth-based theologian. Nurtured with strong Catholic roots, including time in the Jesuit seminary and currently traveling spiritually in the company of Unitarian Universalists, Peter weaves together religion, spirituality, science, and wonder in his music and thoughts. And it's a complete pleasure to have Peter Mayer with us here today. Peter, welcome so much to Song of the Soul. Well, thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, Peter, the first time that I met you face-to-face was at the Great River Folk Festival back in 2009 down in La Crosse. It was great to see you there. I already knew of your music. I want to let you know up front that my first exposure to music was maybe five years ago. Someone on our program selected one of your songs as part of her Song of the Soul. So you came highly recommended. Yeah, it was a proud moment. Oh, well, I'm... I'm proud as well. I'm glad that she did that. That's very flattering. And so I've had in mind for a long time wanting to talk to you, sit down, because so much of your music is both very strongly spiritually based and it also looks at what we do in the world. Can you talk a little bit about your background? Get us started towards your Song of the Soul by talking about where your music comes from. 
Well, I grew up here in Minnesota, one of five kids in a good Catholic family. So, you know, was was steeped in Catholicism, went to Catholic school, and had a good experience for the most part growing up Catholic. And then I went on to... Um, I was, I was, you know, so kind of interested, I guess, in religion and Catholicism that I, when I went to college, I took a degree in theology. Then after college, went into the seminary for a couple of years, more specifically the Jesuits, which are a community of priests in the Catholic Church and specialize in education and some other things. But after two years of being in the Jesuits, I decided, I really decided at that time, it was mostly the celibacy requirement that prevented me from taking vows, and I just decided I just didn't want to be a celibate. So, But anyway, that's my background is very based in Catholicism. After I left the seminary, I took a job as a part-time music director in a Catholic church in St. Paul. And I had that job for about eight years. During that time, I was also writing songs. I had started playing the guitar when I was in high school and discovered a real love, and I felt a knack for music and for songwriting. I hadn't had a background in music. I didn't come from a musical family. And so um, I had been writing songs since high school and looking for opportunities to perform. And after the Jesuits, when I took a job in the church as a music director, I also was writing songs on the side or the other half of my time and playing in bars and coffee shops, kind of trying to hone my skills as a, a singer-songwriter. By the end of that stint, in my eight years at the church, I was just putting out my second CD at that time. That was back in 95, and that's when I quit that job and, and went full-time as a performing, touring singer-songwriter. It was kind of a scary moment. You know, my wife and I, actually, we got married that very year, and and we decided, well, okay, we're going to try to do this. Also in 95, that was a big year for me. I got married and put out another CD, and I, and I also officially left the Catholic Church. By that time, I just couldn't really recite the creed in good conscience, and you know, I just wasn't really there theologically anymore, even though I had a love for the church and, and always will, but I just really wasn't Catholic anymore, and I knew that. So I left and began to do my thing as a singer-songwriter. That sounds like a great synopsis of where you've been. Let's talk about your music right away and get us started on that, because I imagine some listeners say, oh, wow, Catholic church, seminary, all this kind of thing, music director in Catholic church, that must mean that what you do are conventional hymns, and that's not the case at all. Let's give them an idea of what kind of music you do make. That sounds great. Well, maybe we should start with Holy Now. There's a, quite a bit of the Catholic thread in that song, and I think it also describes some of my own spiritual journey. We're talking with Peter Mayer, and the song is Holy Now. When I was a boy each week, on Sunday we would go to church and pay attention to the priest. He would read the Holy Word and consecrate the Holy Bread. Everyone would kneel and bow Today the only difference is Everything is holy now Everything, everything Everything is holy now I 
I was in Sunday school, we would learn about the time Moses split the sea in two. Jesus made the water wine, and I remember feeling sad. Miracles don't happen still, but now I can't keep track. Everything, everything, everything's a miracle Wine from water is not so small But an even better magic trick Is that anything is here at all So the challenging thing becomes And where there isn't one When holy water was rare at best It barely wet my fingertips But now I have to hold my breath Like I'm swimming in a sea of air It used to be a world half there Heaven's second rain hand me down But I walk it with a reverend Cause everything is holy now scripture verse It made me want to bow my head I remember when church let out How things have changed since then Everything is holy now It used to be a world half there Heaven's second rate hand me down But I walk it with a reverend air Cause everything is holy Peter Mayer, Holy Now, from his Million Year Mind 
you say it so well. You know, when I was listening to it, I too was raised Catholic, and so I have a deep appreciation for where I came from and all these things that you're saying and about the magic. I remember at the age of five, Christmas Eve, realizing that there was no way a human being named Santa could travel around and do all those gifts, but I knew God could do it. And it was part, that's part of the gift of the magic of my Catholic upbringing, growing up with Latin Mass, growing up with kind of the mysticism that's part of Catholicism. Did you relate to the Latin Mass, or were you post that? Where were you in that stream? Post-Latin Mass, really during my formative years, not so much formative years, but in my early adult years, I guess, as a Catholic, we were really in the swing of, of Vatican II, which, uh, for those of you who aren't Catholic, that was a big meeting in the Catholic Church that changed some of the rules and turned the priest around to the congregation and eliminated Latin from the Mass, so it was in a vernacular language. Just brought the Mass down to earth in a way. For good in some people's minds and <laughs> not so good in other people's minds, more conservative folks, some of them would love to go back to that still. So I was more of a Vatican II guy, and it was perhaps arguably a, a bit less, quote-unquote, mystical when I was growing up Catholic, but it was still very much intact, mysticism and uh, in, in the liturgy and in the whole Catholic sort of personality was very much there. And so that mysticism, the sacred ritual, sacred language, sacred action, sacred objects, all of that is just so still embedded in my consciousness. And I bring those experiences, they color my view of the world. And, and the, the song Holy Now was really a description, I think, of the way that I sort of brought that understanding or that view and sort of cast it over nature itself, you know. And how did that happen with me? I think that my worldview kind of changed and evolved. And this was all after my theology studies. So theology didn't give me a lot of understanding of nature and the world as science is describing it now. But I really set out on this very rigorous course of reading and learning. Actually, while I was working at the church, trying to discover what's the current understanding of reality, of nature, and what is science telling us about the world. And I discovered a story that was really beyond my imagination. I, I just, you know, in a way, I just wasn't prepared for learning about the cosmos, the 13, 14 billion year story of our cosmos and the story of evolution and the story of the material world and the story of life. I mean, it's just, it was really so overwhelming for me and so deeply inspiring and relevant. And I really came to believe that any religion that is worth something needs to build its understanding of the world on established scientific fact. And not only that, but to incorporate it into its liturgies and its prayers. And, and that's really one of the things that I just no longer, once I started to discover this story and also have a deep concern about the human being's disconnect with the natural world and some of the problems it was causing us with regards to uh, the environment. I want to write songs that talk about ways for us to connect, not just intellectually, but emotionally and spiritually to the world around us. And how can we find meaning and inspiration and comfort in that story, you know, in the story of, of the universe? It certainly shows in the music that you put out 
I have all kinds of questions I want to ask you, but I don't want to lose the thread of your beautiful music. So where should we go next? Well, this next song is sort of relevant to what I was just talking about, science and, and how to come to terms with science and uh, not exclude it from one's belief system. This next song speaks about that. This song is, is called, Do You Really Want to Know? The sun once went around the earth According to the Holy Church Which helped to reassure People that they were the center of the universe One day His Holiness the Pope Met a man with a telescope And said, hey Mr. Galilee What does your spyglass say? And the scientist spoke He said, it's really quite amazing Entirely life-changing Let me ask before I show you Do you really want to know? Oh, do you really want to know? Oh Emma read the Bible for direction She said she was a child of heaven And that the human race came from a higher place From the angels descended She wound up marrying he was a thinker of a husband Lost in thought she'd find him Say, Charlie, what you writing? Darwin looked up and said It's really quite amazing Entirely life-changing So let me ask you I show you Do you really want to know? Oh, do you really want to know? Oh, do you really want to Let knowledge like a breeze In through the door of your belief Flow through the rooms and the corridors Knock cherished heirlooms to the floor That wind can raise the roof sometimes sunrise but it will refuse instead the earth itself will move and spin you around from dawn to dawn into the wonder of it
What a deep and challenging and extremely valuable song. Do you really want to know? Peter Mayer is with me here today for Song of the Soul, one of the many gems on the nine CDs he's got out there. You can go to his website, petermayer.net. I mentioned he's a net, not a com. There's a different artist, different person who's petermayer.com. So petermayer.net. And if that's too hard for you to spell, because mayor can be spelled different ways, go to blueboat. Dot net, blueboat.net, or just follow the link from my northern spirit radio.org. Either way, you'll end up with this fine artist, Peter Mayer, who's with us here today for Song of the Soul. The song was, Do You Really Want to Know? And you know, you talk about a couple different stories in that. I, I love the way you put the stories right into your song. Galileo talking with the Pope, and you know, do you really want to know? You have him asking the Pope. The Pope didn't want to know, right? That's the the denouement of that story. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, it's it, it's all symbolic. You know, I'm I'm attributing quotes to people that <laughs> that they didn't really say, but yeah, of course, the gist of the song is that oftentimes we have these cherished beliefs that help us in life that we really, well, that we cherish. Sometimes, you know, established scientific knowledge or discovered knowledge really threatens those beliefs. Sometimes it contradicts them. But human beings have a powerful capacity to just say, okay, I choose my belief. I mean, that's really quite an interesting ability that we have to turn our back on something that has overwhelming evidence, and yet we choose a belief that may contradict that evidence. In the end, I think we need to, our beliefs need to be in line. They just ought not contradict established scientific fact. Can you say a few words about what your experience was? I have my own experience. I I left Catholic Church, and again, it was precious to me. I'm so glad that I grew up the way that I did. So this is not anything bad about the Catholic Church, except that I didn't fit there anymore. One of the phrases you said was that you could no longer say the creed in good conscience. And already by the age of 18, that was my situation. I knew I couldn't say that. But you're a music director in Catholic Church, <laughs> that's a that's a hard situation to be in. Were, were there places where you were asked to do something, where you faced, where you had to face that contradiction with someone staring at you, and and you just had to say, no, I can't say that? I have to say that there really wasn't. It, it was a rather liberal environment, the particular church that I was in. You know, my boss, the priest there, was fairly liberal-minded, too, and, and really let me do my own thing. So, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like there was a deep contradiction between what I was doing professionally then and how I was evolving theologically. But then I had to make the choice once I left that job, you know, do I remain a Catholic personally? And I just, the answer was quite clear to me at that time. I just, I, I really didn't have a choice in the matter. You know, I just couldn't stay really in good conscience, which made me sad because I, I love church. I love the idea of gathering on a Sunday morning and singing songs with others and sort of acknowledging that which is greater than us and to have this hour once a week where we can center ourselves and think about the deeper things in life and and do it together, you know, do it as a community. There's so many aspects of church I really love, but I didn't really know where to go after that. You know, I didn't know about Unitarian Universalism, which is where I've landed now, and so I, I kind of floated for a few years, and my wife and I both really did this together. 
So we went on a little journey sort of looking for a, a church home. It's, an interest, it's been an interesting journey. What was your experience with that? Was it hard, easy to find a place where you fit? Well, I was quite surprised, actually, to discover Unitarian Universalism just because it's such a different model from Catholicism. You know, of course, growing up Catholic, you think that church is operated based on a creed that you all believe in common, you know, and if you believe that creed, then you're part of the group. The Unitarian Universalism doesn't require a statement of belief to be a part of the, the group. And, and, and you can be in the same pew with a self-described atheist and a Buddhist and a, a Christian. And uh, But the important thing is that you come sort of being open-minded and accepting of other people's beliefs or lack thereof. But it, it's not nearly as wishy-washy as it, it might seem, I don't think, because there's a real interest in acting justly and, and asking the hard questions about what it means to be a, a responsible person in the world, what it means to love one another. A lot of times I think that uh, more traditional religions feel like without guidance from the Bible and whatnot, a person would just go off and do whatever they want. You know, they'd be rudderless in the world. And I, I don't find that to be the case, at least in my life and the lives of other religious liberals or non-believers that I know. I, I think uh, usually there's a very strong sense of ethics and um, responsibility and love and compassion. But, you know, there's always the danger, no matter what group you belong to, isn't there? There's always the danger of the us and them mentality. And uh, it's human nature. It's, it's very difficult to overcome. But I think that the challenge is always to seek common ground, to look for common understanding in the ways that we are the same. And, and I think that the good work of compassion requires us to try and find ourselves in each other and, and build bridges. And I think peace is a very arduous and skillful and important task. And I, I think that we should recognize it as such in this world, and that's the way to move forward. And an even better way of moving forward is to share some of Peter Mayer's music. So do you have some music in this vein that you want to share with us, uh, something that is related to your Song of the Soul? Yeah, I, I, this song called All the World is One, I think, speaks to, it's not so much a, the fact of, gee, let's all get along, but gee, we are all together. It, it's sort of, I think, recognizing the fact that we are all together, and there's really, in the end, nothing we can do about that. <laughs> We're here together on this little planet, and why not acknowledge that and say, let's get to know each other. You can say that you stand apart Put a fence around your yard You can build a tall rampart Guard it with a gun You can dig yourself a moat Burn the bridge and burn the boat It won't matter that much you know Cause all the world is one All the world is one You can march in a big parade Every Independence Day You can raise up your own flag Sing your own anthem It'll ring out in the air With the other anthems there To the winds of the earth declare All the world is one All the world is one Go and ask the Buddha When he's sitting under the tree Go ask Walt Whitman When he's looking out at the sea 
Ask Alan Shepard when he's standing up on the moon Staring at that pearl of blue Ask an atom in the breath you take Ask the water by the river bank Ask a strand of DNA It's written in your blood One life running in your veins One life from one big bang You can try and separate it But all the world is one All the world is one Go and ask the Buddha when he's sitting under the tree Ask Annie Dillard when she's up on Tinker Creek Ask Alan Shepard when he's standing up on the moon Staring at that pearl of an outbound train try to make a getaway you can ride off like john wayne to the setting sun but earthlings don't leave town they just go round and round until they figure out all the world is one all the world is one all Completely True, All the World is One by Peter Mayer. That's from his Heaven Below CD. That's his most recent one. I guess just this last year is when that came out. All the World is One. How true and beautifully put. <laughs> and, you know, you weave in that song, Peter, so many different elements of just our reality in front of us. I, and I love Buddha and Alan Shepard, everybody. All of that is testifying to this great, wonderful thing. Well, thank you. Thanks, Mark. It's definitely something we can't get away from. But it's not only uh, something that we should be begrudgingly acknowledge is that, gee, we're all here, but it's, of course, a very exciting dimension to our, our lives, too. I think that the fact that we're so deeply interconnected with one another and with the world itself, I think that's one of those dimensions to this story that I mentioned earlier, that the story of the world, the story of of the universe, really, I think it's it's tremendously inspiring if we really meditate on that. I still have to believe, Peter, that you can sing a song like that. And, of course, you put in Buddha, and right away there's someone who's not Buddhist who's going to have a reaction against that. Do you get, depending on what audience you're performing with, do you have someone who gets up and stomps out saying, I'm not going to be part of this ungodly thing? I mean, you, you ever get that kind of reaction? Not really. I think it's because I come from, you know, Catholicism and Christianity. But some of my early writing, very early, even predating my CDs, I had released a cassette before I released my first CD and, and had a number of songs even before that that people were listening to. So there was people 
correctly identified me with Christian belief, and that was expressed somewhat in my writing. So there was an expectation as I developed as a writer that I would still be expressing sort of specifically or exclusively Christian belief in my writing. But most people who know me from the past, you know, 15, 20 years as an artist understand that I'm really not specifically about that anymore. I I certainly don't try to disclude Catholic Christian belief in my writing, but I I guess I I try to cast maybe a larger net than that, and I try, I'm I'm not really a supernaturalist. You know, I I don't really delve into the supernatural, I guess you might say. I, I try to really stick to the known world because I feel that the known world is so utterly miraculous and beautiful that uh, uh, I really try to focus on that. And of course, that is really something that I like to think all of us have in common. All of us have the world in common and our lives in it. You know, we can have our own beliefs that include that which is beyond this world, but I choose to sort of stay here and write about that. So one of the aspects of the world, since we're talking about the known world, is change. You know, things change in this world. And really, you've probably heard it said that change is the only uh, constant. Even early on in my theological studies, one of my favorite theologies when I was studying as an undergraduate was called process theology. Process theology describes the world and, and really God as the force that is constantly working in the world. And ultimately, God is always changing, which is really, in a way, is sort of a heretical kind of a viewpoint uh, from the standpoint of Orthodox Catholic theology, where God is the one unchanging thing that you can always kind of hang your hat on, you know. A Buddhist friend of mine told me once that, and he, he his journey was from Christianity originally, and, and he said, you know, he described his spiritual journey as... um for a long time, I searched for a rock in the river, he said, and, and he said, I, I came to a conclusion that there is no rock. That's really the phrase that inspired this next song, although I took a little different interpretation on my friend Mark's uh, comment and decided that well, perhaps there is a rock, and, and I've tried clinging to it for a while, but ultimately the river got the best of me. And so this song is called God is a River. In the ever-shifting waters of the river of this life I was swimming, seeking comfort I was wrestling ways to find A boulder I could cling to A stone to hold me fast Where I let the fretful waters Of this river around me So I found an anchor, a blessed resting place, a trusty rock I called my savior, there I would be safe. From the river and its dangers, and I proclaim my rock divine, and I pray to it protect me, and the rock replied, God. Not just a stone God is a wild raging rapids And a slow meandering flow God is a deep and narrow passage A peaceful sandy shore 
God is a river swimmer So let go Still I clung to my rock tightly With conviction in my arms Never looking at the stream To keep my mind from thoughts of harm But the river kept on coming Kept on tugging at my legs Till at last my fingers faltered And I was swept away So I'm going with the flow now These relentless twists and bends Acclimating to the motion And a sense of being led And this river is like my body now It carries me along Through the ever-changing scenes And by the rocks that sing this song God is a river Not just a stone God is a wild raging rapids and slow meandering flow God is a deep and narrow passage and a peaceful sandy shore God is a river swimmer so let go God is the river swimmer so let go There we are going with the flow. God is the river. It, do you feel, Peter, like that was your journey, that you felt like you were clinging to a rock and that there was something else pulling you? To a certain extent, I do. You know, that, now, that particular song kind of paints a picture of a, a very reluctant letting go of the rock, it's almost a painful letting go. To a certain extent, that does describe my journey. I will say this, that I wrote that song at a time in my life where I was really struggling with some physical issues around my playing. So I took a year off because I had some repetitive motion injuries, which I still deal with, arthritis, tendonitis. That was during the time off that I wrote that. And I think part of it was just simply coming to terms with the way that things were changing in my own life and in my own body. I've always loved the serenity prayer. You know, that's just, I think it's such a wise prayer. And it, it says basically, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That whole coming to terms with accepting what you can't change, that's a particularly hard thing. That song really grew out of this palpable experience that I had of change. So do you get negative reactions to that? Because to some degree, in that song, you say that, you know, the rock becomes your savior and you're kind of worshiping that. Well, someone who's in the process of worshiping something that you might consider an idol or uh, not God, not the river, take that as a pretty big slam. I imagine you run into some people who want to shout you down. Well, there's no question that, you know, my use of, I guess, sacred language, if you will, 
is kind of risky business because these are cherished words and concepts for people of faith. It's interesting because I certainly don't want to scandalize people, but part of the reason I use those words is the very reason that they're powerful is I feel that they express a depth, and certainly for me they do. And I often like to work with sacred words, sacred language, and try to cast it maybe in a different way and and use a different meaning. There's no question in my mind that some people will not like those songs. I know that, of course, I know that. Those are usually the people that don't end up even discovering me because my music isn't really found in those circles for those reasons. But I have been really surprised, sometimes baffled, frankly, by the folks who do find meaning in these songs. Oftentimes, quite Christian, self-described Christian folks, you know, who find some kind of relevance for their lives in these songs. There's another song that I put on my list of suggestions for this show called My Soul. You know, I take the concept of soul. What I grew up is the idea of soul is the eternal part of me, but it didn't always exist. It's sort of my central self, and it will be here after I die, and it will, you know, be going to heaven with God those kinds of ideas. But in the song, My Soul, I sort of took that idea of this spiritual self and said, what if I use that idea, that construct, so to speak, and say, what if it represents a part of myself that is connected to everything else, the part of myself that you can't really see, but that's not only eternal, but also reaches far, far back in time. So the part of me that's connected with deep history and the part that is connected to really space and time itself. There are a hundred billion snowflakes swirling in the cosmic storm And each one is a galaxy, a billion stars or more Each star is a million Earths, a giant fiery sun High up in some sky Maybe shining on someone And deep inside a snowflake I am floating quietly I am infinitesimal Impossible to see Sitting in my tiny kitchen, in my tiny home Staring out my window at a universe of snow But my soul is so much bigger than the very tiny me Reaches out into the snowstorm Like a net into the sea Out to all the lovely places Where my body cannot go I touch that beauty and embrace it In the bosom of my soul And so brief and fleeting Is this tiny life of mine Like a single quarter note In the march of time But my soul is like the music It goes back to ancient days Back 
before it wore a human face, long before it bore my name. Because my soul is so much older than the evanescent me, it can describe the dawn of time like a childhood. Is a spark that was begotten of the darkness long ago. What my body has forgotten, I remember in my soul. Tiny me, one resembling forever, one like smoke upon the breeze, one the deep abiding ocean, one a sudden flashing wave, and counting galaxies like snowflakes. I would swear we were the same. Oh, my soul belongs to beauty, takes me up to lofty heights, teaches sacred stories too. Sanctifies my tiny life, lays a bridge across the ages, melts the boundaries of my bones, paints a bold eternal face on this passing moment. From the CD Midwinter, My Soul by Peter Mayer. His website is petermayer.net, or you can also get the same place by typing in blueboat.net. And obviously, Blue Boat is the planet that we are traveling on through space. This is Song of the Soul. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. My website is northernspiritradio.org, and you can come to the site, find all of my productions for the last five and a half years. You can find links to my guests, like Peter Mayer, who's with us here today sharing his Song of the Soul. Some very wonderful, wonderful, wonderful songs. I just can't get enough of your music, Peter. We've talked about three of your CDs so far out of the full set of nine. We've talked about Million Your Mind. Heaven Below is a more recent one, Midwinter, which is where we find ourselves right now. Do you have some more music you want to share with us? Well, John's Garden is a song about pumpkins. It's a bit of a whimsical little tale about pumpkins in the pumpkin patch in October and they're having a conversation amongst themselves. The farmer has just come out and explained to them what happens during Halloween. The pumpkins, they're sort of abuzz with the news of what's going to happen, and some of them are thinking, gee, you know, let's go along with this, and, and others are thinking, no way. This is crazy, this whole jack-o'-lantern business, and I'd rather just stay right here in the pumpkin patch and li- live out my days in peace. And others are arguing for the fact that, 
gee whiz, won't it be fantastic, you know, to, to become a jack-o'-lantern? I don't want to give folks too much of the meaning of, of that song, but I, I will say, of course, that we are the jack-o'-lanterns. We are the pumpkins. We live only briefly, but what a glorious and beautiful life it is if we treat it as such. So anyway, John's Garden. Farmer John wandered back When he reached the pumpkin patch Began to speak Said the weather's getting colder Summer's over and it's almost high The weed That's the day The reason you Everything about your life will change You will have eyes to see And for that night you'll be Bright lamp burning in the dark Remember that candle shine Only the briefest time In a jack-o'-lantern's Jack-o'-lantern's Pumpkins held a meeting then Some were very apprehensive and Afraid Could this really happen to us? What could be the meaning is what they Were saying This is home It's all we've ever known one bold outspoken pumpkin spoke Said I don't need eyes to see Sounds like a lie to me Like just fine here in John's garden Remember that candle shines Only the briefest time In a jack-o'-lantern Jack-o'-lantern's heart There is much to us to ponder in the pumpkin patch when imposing old October shows up at last. silent up till then over the commotion said what would you rather have my friend chance to shine die here on the vine the better way seems very plain to me you'll have eyes to see for that night 
bright lamp burning dark Maybe that candle shines only the briefest time in a jack song to conclude song of the soul today john's garden by peter mayer just makes me want to go and hang out in a pumpkin patch (laughs) (laughs) not right now because it's really cold out there mark oh come we're northern people we can handle this just bundle up that's all i'm saying okay i'll bundle up i just want you to know what a bundle of inspiration and joy you bring us peter through your music It's been a complete joy to have you here today. Thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Well, it's been a real honor, and thanks for the time, Mark, and the attention. I'm very grateful, and I wish you all the best of luck enduring the rest of the winter. Thanks again. That was Peter Mayer, Minnesota-based musician, today's Song of the Soul guest. Find him at blueboat.net or via my northernspiritradio.org. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul